This podcast includes discussion of materials surrounding trauma, and we acknowledge that the content may be difficult. As always, we encourage you to practice good soul care and reach out to someone if you need support. Hey everyone, we are here for the official kickoff of Season 4 of the Mindful Marriage Podcast. What a day of celebration. My name is Brock Yonke. I'm the Lead Care and Support Pastor at Hope Fellowship, and I'm joined by... I'm Tara Wiedemeyer, and I am a licensed professional counselor. Can you believe we're at season four? I can and I can't. But it's, it also feels like it's taken a lot longer to get to season four from season three because of our break and COVID and all this stuff. But it's good to be back yeah. in our studio. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, the days of Zoom uh, podcasts are over. We're back in the podcast studio. This is very exciting. And I'm excited about this season. I think it's going to be good. We're doing something a little different this season. Brock, why don't you tell them about it? Tee it up. All right, I will. So one of the things that I've been noticing a lot and experiencing as I look at my own life, as I talk to other people, is there seems to be trauma in all of our backgrounds. And we'll explain what what we mean by that in a second. But things that have, like the power of our past has so much power over our present that it can affect our current relationships, our current lifestyles and everything. And so we want to talk a little bit about trauma. And so if we're going to talk about trauma, we're going to rely upon Tara, the expert here to help us with this thing. And so Tara, how would you define trauma? Let's start with that to make sure we're on the right page. So it's it's pretty complex, but just for simplification purposes right now, I would say it's an event or an experience, which can be single or prolonged and or a threat or perceived threats to a person's well-being that hinders their ability to function and or it has a negative lasting effect on their health and well-being. So there's an event or a series of events that in our past that has an effect on the way we think and see the world today and maybe how we process emotionally, just even thoughts. Would that be a decent summary or is that way off? Yeah. It can be, you know, 20 years ago or it can be last week, but it is something that has negatively impacted us in some way or multiple ways. And like we might feel stuck or, um, you know, different things, but there's something going on that like we keep, I call it emotional debris, but there's some stuff that we need to work through in order to like process, reprocess or heal. Okay. And then, so where would you categorize stress in the midst of that? Is that because that could be in the trauma category as well? So that is something I want to make sure that we're very clear on because a lot of people use stress and trauma, like the term stress and trauma interchangeably, and they are not at all the same thing. So trauma definitely includes stress, but stress does not always include trauma. Okay. Stress is a reaction to an event. And trauma is far more complex and far-reaching and affects our mind, bodies, and our brains. And we're going to get more into that. But it is there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, and, again, it's something that we don't just, like, quickly get over and move beyond. Okay. Would it be fair to say in your experience that most people are in some way or some form dealing with a level of trauma in their current relationships? I kind of come from the school of thought that 
we all have experienced trauma in our life, even if maybe on a smaller scale, but I don't know that we're necessarily, we continue to deal with it or struggle with it and see the, the negative impacts of it because, I mean, that's the whole point of, like, pausing and doing the hard work and hopefully healing and bringing awareness to that area so we can process and hopefully get to the other side of it. Sometimes, though, and this is, you know, I could go off on a tangent here, but, you know, depending on how much damage has been done to the system, so to speak, um, it is something that you could, it could have lifetime consequences, but we can at least do things to what I call befriend our nervous system and be more aware, have more insight, recognize our triggers, take care of ourselves, communicate around it. And in this case, for the, the purpose of this podcast, you know, be able to communicate and bring some attention to it with our spouse. So it's not something that we feel like is controlling us any longer or that we totally avoid. Okay. As you, as you mentioned that, uh, befriending our nervous system, I pictured those old Saturday morning cartoons when there's a, like a red little veiny kind of friend is like, here's my best friend, the nervous system. Hey, Brooke. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking okay. about. We'll that's what I thought. That. <laughs> so that's one of the things that we like to do in the podcast is Tara will explain things, and I bring them down to real life for the rest of us, for the humanity. Well, so that's we'll mutilate the, them. Well, <laughs> mutilate, explain better. That's, you know. Tomato, what, tomato. Tomato, tomato. All right. So in our, in our conversations about this, this, this topic is just fascinating to me because I, I, I'm – I look at my own life and know that there's some things that still affect from the past that still have power over my present circumstances that can be positive, negative. And sometimes when you hear trauma, we get this idea that there's these very, very significant events, but it can be all kinds of events that have happened to us that cause trauma. Is that accurate? Yes, for sure. And so depending on who you talk to, what you read, um, maybe even how your therapist, like what language they may use, things like that, you can see different terms and language used. Um, a lot of times big T and little t trauma is used. I don't generally use this language, but it does help people sometimes understand these different adverse experiences and kind of um, wrap their heads around them a little bit better. But the idea is that some events have a higher intensity um, or can be more disruptive than others, and some are smaller, for lack of a better term, and those things could still impact us, but if definitely if repeated or frequent, they can have a cumulative effect. So, so like, so if something happened to one person, it may not affect them as much. It might have a higher impact on another person, a very similar event. And so, just because maybe someone would say, for instance, bullied in their past, it, someone might have more of an impact on them. So it could be a different level of trauma, or is that? Really I wouldn't say a different level of trauma, and I, I'm really careful with my clients not to I don't like to measure things um, because a lot of times people are already comparing um, or dismissing minimizing their own stuff mm -hmm. and like there's a whole thing with like comparative suffering and all of that but whatever language helps them as long as it's not harmful to themselves or others like if, if they're comfortable with it and it helps them understand this and be able to articulate where they're at and work through this you know, that works. But, yes, two people could have the same or similar experience, and one person could come away from that identifying as traumatized and the other person may not. And we're going to get more into this down the road, but that's mostly 
That's due to, like, how the autonomic nervous system is impacted and reacts to the arousal or, like, the event, the stress that's happening, um, being experienced in the body. But there are a lot of people are uncomfortable with the term trauma and aren't comfortable using that. And so a lot of times even in this, like, just some education around what it is, what is going on, can be very empowering and help people gain more insight and build their confidence to do the hard work. And so some examples okay. of those events or experience that could lead to trauma, this is not an exhaustive list, but some events could. Um, so when you say exhaustive, are you, am I going to be tired by the time you're done reading you this be, list? I mean, it is kind of long, okay, but all right. in real life this would be like so much longer. Yeah. Um, but natural disasters, domestic fires, car accidents, rape and sexual assault, domestic violence, emotional or physical abuse, war, whether you see combat or not, child abuse, first responder exposure, neglect and abandonment, chaotic, abusive, and punitive environments, inconsistent parenting practices, family, financial, emotional, and residential instability, repeated perception of threat, chronic stress and unknown variables, inherited family trauma, and bullying. So it's it's really interesting. There's been a lot of talk lately in the church world, at least, uh, about churches potentially being very punitive environments, and that mm-hmm. can have long-term powerful effect on someone if you've just been around that situation where you feel Absolutely. like you're – yeah. So these events take place, real or perceived these events take place, how we process them. And so I would, it would seem like we would develop coping mechanisms or ways of dealing with this behavior that in some ways may not be healthy for how we deal with our current relationships? Would that be accurate? Yeah, it definitely can be. And so the way we are designed, our body and our brain are trying to help us cope, survive, stay safe. And so a lot of times those can be maladaptive for multiple different reasons, but, you know, we can definitely develop some things that are unhealthy or may not benefit us or serve us well long-term, maybe even short-term. But that's part of, I think, even the healing process, too, is being able to find gratitude for our bodies, our nervous system, just the way we're designed that, like, some of this, you know, this trauma is not my fault. That part was out of my control. And even what my body is trying to do in its response is involuntary as well a lot of times mm-hmm. but we once we start to realize this and heal we still we have a responsibility i think to ourselves and the people that we're in relationship with to get healthy and to confront this stuff and try and modify those behaviors so our friend the nervous system going back to our buddy is alerting us that there might be something here that we need to address for sure yeah there's all and it's not even just our nervous system i mean this is something that affects our brain, our body, our behaviors. You know, it's it it can be all encompassing, and so those symptoms can be um, like very broad uh, from for the spectrum that it falls on. So, some examples. Let me give you some examples okay, of right. what symptoms could include. Again, this is not an exhaustive list, um, so but it is. So long. we're not going to get tired at the end. You you still might. okay? Okay, still I just want to make sure we keep saying so, exhaustive. <laughs> um, this is sometimes this is how trauma can manifest from like in symptomology. And so 
this does not mean if you've experienced something traumatic that you're going to have all of these, and you might have some, obviously some things on here that I don't share, but, and we're going to get to how does trauma affect our marriage and how does it show up like in interpersonal relationships down the road. But so these, this is just kind of a, a big broad view. So negative messages and beliefs, emotional dysregulation, mood disorders, including anxiety and depression. We would have a smaller window of, window of tolerance, um, or the ability to manage stress is diminished, and we'll get more into that as wow. well. Feeling out of control or feeling the need to be in control, having a lack of security and safety, fear, panic, shame, guilt, agitation, relational issues, higher conflict, feeling threatened when there's no threat, unwanted thoughts and emotions, we can have sleeping issues, nightmares, insomnia, fatigue, poor self-image, brain fog, dissociation, feeling numb, inflammation in the body, headaches, and then GI and gut issues. So these are symptoms of of potentially trauma in our life. So if these things are happening, it could be that body, that indicator that there might be something there to look at, but it doesn't necessarily mean that these come from trauma, but this, these could be symptoms that we look at to say, hey, I might need to address something yeah, if like I'm if experiencing these things. Yeah, if has chronic headaches, that doesn't mean it's coming from trauma. Right. It definitely can be, but yeah. it could be from a host of other things as well. Okay. All right. So if we're feeling these things and kind of thinking about our past and thinking there might be some some very negative experiences, what do we what do we start to do with with this information? Where do we where do we start to go with this? As far as like how do we start the healing process or can you clarify? Uh, I guess I'll give a clarification question. But like we are experiencing these things and we realize it does have some power over our current relationships. And so now that we, I know this is a very, you know, brief discussion about trauma, but if we've, like, okay, there might be some trauma that's going on, what what should be some of my next steps in thinking about this or processing that? What should I be doing? What should I be engaged in? Well, I think it depends on where you're at in that journey. Like, if it's the first time, you know, you're really considering this and pondering it and trying to even wrap your head around it, that's going to look different than somebody who's, you know, maybe they've, this was a long time ago. They've done therapy already, but they're seeing like symptoms reemerge, or maybe new symptoms, or like an old negative belief that they um, identified with in the past starting to show up again. You know, so I think it's, and we'll get more into kind of that stuff too. But I think a good step, no matter where you're at, is having somebody, whether that's your spouse, a friend, a pastor, a therapist, having somebody that you um, that's safe and non-judgmental that you can talk to and just start like like filtering through stuff and sifting through it all mm-hmm. to see what's what and what what you need to do next maybe or what like what you're even willing to do um and I tell people all the time like baby steps are still steps and so this is not something that it can't be forced because that can be harmful as well and so I think paying attention and just putting one foot in front of the other and taking some action and doing because this is hard work and it's oftentimes a really long journey. Um, and so starting somewhere is still proactive and healthy and productive. 
So I think just maybe talking to somebody, asking questions, maybe look stuff up, read books, you know, those kinds of things I think is a good starting point. But paying attention to your symptoms, trying to be mindful, take responsibility. If your partner is safe to talk to you about it, asking them questions and, like, you know, see what, like, their feedback is and trying to really be an active listener and not get defensive, which that's a whole other part of this too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that would be a good start. It just might look very different or it would look very different depending maybe on where you're at. All right, so I want to go out on a limb here just a little bit. And you can you can chop down the limb and I can go falling down if this is a bad idea. And so one of the reasons why I think this topic is so important to me, as I again, as I look at my own journey, as I've been talking to other couples, I would venture to say that almost every human being has got something from their past that is traumatic to them or it's caused some manifestations. And so, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, again, like the, I know it wasn't the best language, the big T, the little T, but the, everybody listening to this podcast needs to do some work. And I know a lot of times in movies and things, they make fun of therapists, like, let's go back into your childhood, let's go back into your past. And so I used to be a person that would make fun of that too, but I think there's such power in that because it seems like when things happen to us, either at an early age or somewhere along the process, it almost like creates like ruts or ways that we think or behave that we get stuck in. And until we kind of do some work, we're going to continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. So that's my theory that like everybody's probably got to do some work to figure out what's affecting us from these past events that we've somehow um, in our brain made them something that's causing a lot of trauma in yeah, our current. Yeah, for sure. And even if like, <clears throat> let's say, a husband and wife are listening to this right now, and one partner identifies with this and the other doesn't, there's still work that the partner who doesn't could do to help support their spouse. But also even this, some of these things are going to be helpful no matter what your story is, just to help us, again, stay in our lane like we always talk about and mm-hmm. do our own work and hopefully become more self-compassionate, more empathetic, more knowledgeable so we can just become more emotionally flexible and resilient too. So, cause a lot of the stuff too that we're going to talk about with the nervous system and um, how it stresses out the body are things that we can use even in just like, you know, if you get into an argument with your spouse or you are having just a stressful season of life or things like that. So for sure, I think there's stuff to gain in this arena for everyone, but I would say everyone try and stay in your own lane. Both partners could be experiencing um, or have experienced trauma, and they may be – that's going to show up differently in each partner, and they may need to have to support each other differently and kind of come – like there's going to have to be some come to Jesus meetings there and some vulnerable conversations, uh, I think, on both sides, and, and that can be tricky too. So hopefully we can do some help equip people there. But again, this is these are very brief, <clears throat> excuse me, um, like podcasts and conversations around this stuff. And yeah, so yeah. this stuff is very deep, very wide, very complex, and 
we're just kind of scratching the surface, and I wish we had hours and hours and hours to talk about this because that's what it takes. But hopefully it will at least get the ball rolling and maybe motivate some people or, or help them get some tools along the way. And, and to realize it's okay because if we all are experiencing this to some degree, uh, and then to think that we can just will it away or just say, hey, I'll just behave better and things are going to go away. And, I, I, you know, I don't know if Tara would say this or not because this is her profession, but I'm very much a believer that uh, all of us need to be doing some type of introspection with probably a therapist to figure out why we're behaving and feeling the way that we are now. And I think that's just an important journey. And so hopefully we're not normalizing this, but realizing it's okay and that we all need to be on a journey of finding some healing and finding some help so that we can be more present and more uh, mindful mm-hmm. in our current relationships so that we're not causing, you know, current stress and trauma to, to those around us. And so you mentioned our, our buddy, the, the nervous system. And so or say we get in these moments when our trauma gets triggered. Is there certain things the body does at these point in times, like to, like, just, like it, it, automatically, it takes over and giving us a sign that, hey, this is, this is tapping into something? Yes, for sure, um, and we're going to talk more about that, but just as a quick, I guess, um, peek into that, we, we've we talked about, like, flipping your lid before and um, things like that, but you basically, you move into a parasympathetic nervous or state, sorry, parasympathetic ner- state in your nervous system, and so when you do that, it's a lot of people, you know, that's fight or flight, and so when we go there, we might see um, – that's when things like speed up and that part of our brain takes over and it's not the most sophisticated part of us. And that it's that way for a reason because its job is to, again, keep us safe, get us out of danger. It's just thinking purely about protection. That exactly. You just find it, that lid gets flipped. Yeah. You're and not really rational yeah. anymore. And the example I use all the time is like if a tiger's chasing us and we go into fight or flight, which we want to because that ups our chances. Um, of staying alive and safe, but when we do that, we're not going to be thinking like, oh, I need to go and do this after work today, or like, oh, what a cute tiger. It's mm-hmm. That part of our nervous system is to literally, like, react, and so it's either turn around and shoot, climb the tree, run kind of thing, like, just get out, get safe. And I'm not going <laughs> to, Tara, I know is endorsing violence here. I'm not going to do that on this podcast, but go ahead. Keep going. With okay, you. Yeah. fair enough. Yeah. But, yeah, so we go into that, and at that point, I would even say sometimes all bets are off. Mm-hmm. So we can be impulsive. We can be irrational. Um, we're not doing self-reflection or evaluation during that time. We're not thinking long-term. And so if if your partner goes into fight or flight and there's not truly a tiger, a, chasing, a them. tiger chasing them, and let's just say it's a conflict at home over the dishes, mm-hmm. they're going to be viewing their spouse as the threat when if that's not the case, there's to, like, poke the bear, so to speak, or I guess we're switching animal analogies here. But, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> poke the tiger, that yeah. doesn't sound right. But, you know, to just tell them to calm down or to raise your voice at them, things like that, it's only going to exacerbate the situation. And so we've got to do things to, like, again, the, the good old nervous system, but, like, basically take breaks or recognize we're even in that state decompress um, and do some things so we can, like, find homeostasis again or get out of that state. But if if this is tapping into our trauma, which I'm advancing the theory again that I think all of us have some level to deal with this, this, 
if that's tapping into our trauma, it's going to be very difficult to behave the way we want to behave in those moments because we're going into that whatever fancy brain terms you're using, that fight or flight type of thing. And so we're probably not going to respond to an argument which seems to be a simple kind of rational. We might respond out of our pain and it may not go very well at all. And so if you're the spouse and you're watching this happen, you're like, what in the world did I do or what is happening? I'm missing something. But on their end, too, a lot of times they're like, why am I acting like this? Why mm-hmm. did I just say that? Like, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. And so, again, so much of this is happening involuntarily behind the scenes. And so, like, when I work with clients on this, it, learning about some of this stuff and understanding it from a, a physiological and physical, like, standpoint is so empowering. And you don't, even, you don't have to be an expert in this, even just to understand a little bit of this. And, like, maybe give them some handouts and help them. But so empowering so they can be like, oh, like, that's why I do this. Mm-hmm. Or, like, it, 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 it validates them, too, because they're like, I've been blaming myself because, like, I thought I was just, yeah, like, this irrational, like, yeah. 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 And so it's there's so much in this, you know. And so hopefully, and just because, like, if, if somebody, like, is irrational in some moment or, like, you know, you get into a conflict with your spouse. Again, that does not mean we don't become. We're co- that's out of a place of trauma, but we don't become therapists at that point in time and diagnose like, yeah. oh, you must have trauma. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just for us to diagnose ourselves and look at ourselves and kind of go on that journey. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. it is, I think, paying attention. And even if it's not coming from a place of trauma, like that's where again we all have our work to do. Like, why did I react in that mm-hmm. moment the way I did? Those yeah. kinds of things. But hopefully, this will help people really just evaluate and just check in with themselves, whatever that looks like, um, and do and do that compassionately and empathetically because to critique ourselves or, you know, judge ourselves is not ever helpful um, when it comes to this kind of stuff, and it can actually be harmful. But that that's also part of it, too, is just those, those negative messages are not feeling good enough or thinking you're faulty in some way. And then it's just it's this vicious cycle that yeah. just repeats and repeats, and it's and we can't get awful. out of it, even though we want to. It's like saying, "Hey, stop! It's like stop doing that." Like, well, I wish I could, and this might be a way that we can peek into that window a little bit and actually get some ability to stop doing some of those behaviors. Um, this is this topic is fascinating to me, and I do think it's at the heart of a lot of the reasons why we have struggles in marriages. And I think this season is going to be really good. So here's where we're going with this season. So Tara's going to continue to show her expertise. And then I think I'm going to be put on the therapist couch, per se. Brock's going under. Brock's going under, and we're going to look at some of my potential trauma events and how those are affecting Maybe my presence. I'm just kidding. Again, Tara's endorsing violence, hypnotism, all that kind of stuff. I just, I, these are, all, we're going in a, in a tough direction here. So, but Brock uh, is going to practice his vulnerability. Yes. And we're going to get to step into that a little bit and just, apply some of this stuff maybe. Yeah, and hopefully it could be, uh, as, as I go through this a little bit, it would be uh, making it less uh, of a scary experience for maybe other people to go through because I do believe it's something we all need to go through to find some healing. So, all right, episode one is in the books. Whoop, whoop. Look at us. All right, so, guys, thank you so much for being back for season four. And, Tara, thank you for your expertise, and, and I really believe this is a topic we just continue to need to dive into for the sake of all of us. So, of course. Yeah. Thank you, Brock, and thank y'all for listening. And we just hope that this blesses you and meets you wherever you're at.
So if you do want to email us with any questions, our email address is mindfulmarriagepodcast at gmail.com. And so we'll do our best to respond to your emails. But stick with us this season. I think it's going to be real, really helpful. So, Tara, thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a good day, everyone. Bye, everybody. about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash me.